guess who? It's your favorite co-host from the newly revamped number one rated podcast in the world, How You Feeling with Coco and Fran. I'm Coco, by the way. Anyway, we love what we're doing here, and we want to continue to grow and improve by bringing you quality episodes each week. One of the best ways to help us is with financial support. For as little as 99 cents a month, you will be contributing to the growth and success of this podcast. That's less than $12 a year. Just click the link in any episode description and become a sponsor. We'd really appreciate it. Hey friend, how are you feeling today? Oh, Coco, I'm feeling anxious, really anxious, uh, feeling excited. My head kind of hurts. I don't really even know why that hurts. I mean, it's not that I used my head at all today. Um, my corn pad is slipping because I put it on my toe after I banged into a piece of furniture, because that's the worst. I hear that banging your toe against the chair is probably worse than being punched in the face. You know, and I'm having such an itch right now. I don't know what the problem is. You know, and no one online on DocMD or any You're listening to How You Feeling with Coco and Fran. Usually, usually I'm the one that says something. Yeah, I, I, was waiting. <laughs> I was waiting. I was like, she's going to talk, right? She's going to open her mouth again. You know how we always talk about going to stores and songs come on yes. that, that we love. I'm telling you, some people do it right. They do. There's some places that do it right. And I always think to myself, man, if I ever had a store or some sort of shop, some kind of, you know, proprietary invention. Yes. I would want to have like the playlist to end all playlists. Because let me just tell you, for those of you listening who have your own businesses, let me tell you what works. (laughs) Not play songs people don't know. Because I don't go to a store to learn about new music. That's not why I go to the store. Yeah. I go to the store to hear the hits. Yes. Okay. Yes. And I also think like, especially in clothing stores, I think you need to go into a clothing store feeling like if you're trying clothes on, like the music's coming on, you're like, oh, remember this song? Yeah. And you feel like you're on a photo shoot, you're in the dressing room. And even though... <laughs> even though your ass can't fit in those jeans, you still like, I feel like a model. A model. Yeah, bring me back to 1982. But I also like it where, when you go to a, especially if it's a boutique store, Mm -hmm. where they've created a playlist for their their brand. And Wick Witch is one of them. And you can actually follow their playlist on Spotify. And it's really, really good. I actually love it a lot. I know that. I'm going to have to pick that up. It is is so your music too. It's got some jazzy, witchy, um, just some interesting, interesting mix of just great, great music. And whenever I go in there, it's like, aside from the the beautiful way they set up their store. The music is perfect. Mm. When are they going to be a sponsor for us? I mean, God knows for the past two years, this is all real. (laughs) I mean, I have one of their candles here right next to me. Like we need to get them on the ball. I know. I know. So anyway, um, on that note of the music, there's Mm. a really great shop locally. Um, and it's called White Rabbit. Okay. And you would like it because it's kind of a curiosity store. Like they have like these, you know, just very unusual jewelry and whatever. And yeah. every time I go in there, they always play French music. It's always French music, but it's not like old school. It's like pop. 
Okay. Okay. And it's always somebody like, you know, you know, and it's like, boom, 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 boom. A little like downbeat in the back, right? Yes. And then every once in a while, some French woman's talking and she's like, je suis, c'est and then the beat comes on again right so i said to the guy working there because i have a few like i like a few like pop people french pop singers that i have yeah so i told him i said what are you playing and i was expecting like a beautiful answer like i was expecting him to be like well you know we curate the music for the store yeah <laughs> together um, this particular artist in 1987, you know, instead he's like, oh, he goes, I just scan Spotify and I look for French playlists. And I was like, wah, wah. that's what a lot of people do now. They really do. Like if it's not part of some big corporate, you know, conglomerate, they'll, if it's a little shop, a cafe or whatever, they will, they will have a curated playlist that you can find on spotify now yeah i, I love the curated spots playlist me too i don't like when somebody just finds some rando yeah. Um, yeah also we talked about this before the worst is when you're in a store and you're listening to a song and the song's over and then there's a commercial and you're like yeah do no. they pay for the full like come on now I mean, you have a store, like you need to buy Apple or Spotify with no commercials. Exactly. Like, why are we, why are we not commercial free? It's, it's not even expensive for the year. It's ridiculous. They don't see the importance. Like they don't see the priority of it. No, no. You know? Um, and I guess that, you know, that brought me to thinking about uh, how people talk about the details paying attention to details, mm -hmm. right? Because you're a big detail person. For those of you who listen to the show, you've heard me make fun of the way Coco cooks. <laughs> and it's how that bad, you know, she could be making 400 pieces of chicken and every single one has to get the perfect size piece of basil on each one. Listen, oh, no. the day that I start using tweezers to apply things on food is the day that I've like, gone a little far pretty much do that use no. tongs no use tongs so i'm just <laughs> saying i'm just saying you know i feel like there's a lot of stuff happening there you're very detail oriented and i think that i think what people do and and not you because you don't do this but i feel like there's a lot of people who do that for others but they don't do it for themselves that could be said about a lot of things and you well, know not, not just opened up this pandora's box well open it up stretch it's, it stretch it i mean it's so true we always do more for others than we do for ourselves hmm. always yeah. I, I i can say that 100 about me mm -hmm. the, the advice that i give the the going out of my way to you know make something for someone or or whatever if it if it helps them in some way i will do it mm -hmm. but it's never it, i'd never apply that same philosophy to myself why is that i don't know i think it's easier to speak than to do walk the walk mm. Okay. But I, why is it that like you're going to do something for someone, but you know, we've talked about this before you not holding yourself accountable to do the things that you should be doing for yourself. But if someone else asks you to do it, you'll do it. I, why? Think, I, I think I like the way it makes me feel when I help people, mm -hmm. it makes me feel good. You know, that I'm doing something to help someone it's, it's a nice feeling. Um, if I'm doing something for myself, I guess because unless it's an immediate result that I see, mm. which can happen, you know, if I, if it be like, let's say one of my, uh, if it's a task that I need to do that I know I could do in like an hour or half a day or whatever, 
if I, if I do it, then there's that feel good moment then that yes, I've accomplished what I set out to do. But if it's advice, for example, like when it comes to food or exercise or, you know, stepping out of your comfort zone or whatever advice that I would give to other people that I'm not applying to myself. It's just, I don't know. Everything is just easier said than done. I mm. can't explain it. Mm. But you're doing that stuff for other people because you want to feel good because you're helping them. Yeah. But, but I, what I have a difficult time helping myself. Why? Yeah. Why is that philosophy doesn't still work for you? I mean, because after a while you're depleting yourself mm -hmm. and after a while you're not going to be able to give. Yeah. Because there's going to come a point where all that feeling good and giving to other people, you're not going to have it because you haven't done anything for yourself. Of course. I've got to stop the, this idea that I have to be the one that solves the problems for other people. Yeah. And I, I can't think that way. I could support mm -hmm. when I, whenever I can. And if someone asks me for something and it's within my means, mm -hmm. then, then I will do it. But I need to stop assuming that when someone is coming to me with, and it's not that they're asking for anything, they're just telling me about everything that's kind of going on in their life and whatever issues that they're having. I, I have to stop. My initial reaction has to not be, I need to do something for them, mm -hmm. you know? Well, I think also, I think it's a natural reaction too, because here's another added thing to your list. You probably do it because it is a distraction from having to do stuff for yourself. Of course. Because you probably don't want to jump into a lot of tasks that you want to, that you know you have to jump into for yourself. Mm -hmm. And so instead, what do you do? You take on other people's bullshit. Yep. Because you don't want to face your own. Yeah. Kind of like I've said on the show before about gossiping, like most people gossip because it's easier to sit there and talk about other people's crap instead of talking about your own. Of course. You know, because then everyone's like questioning you, like, why did you do that? That, you know, you're afraid that you're going to be the one who's judged. But instead, if I spend all this time judging someone else, yeah, everyone yeah. in the room is distracted. Um, yeah, so yeah. I think that it is a distraction, but also what's interesting is what you said about the outcome, like doing something because you know, it's, like the outcome like will come quick or the results will be quick. Mm. And this goes back to an episode we had about doing things to do them without expectation. Yeah. You know, it's like, you know, like I tell people all the time, like this may sound crazy, but one of the tasks that I feel like people struggle with the most in my work is laundry. Mm. And the reason why they struggle is because they're not doing it as frequently as they should. Yeah. Yeah, they're, le they're leaving it until there's a mountain. Mm -hmm. and, and then when there's yeah. a mountain of it, they decide not to do any of it because it's overwhelming. Now think about how metaphoric this is about life. Mm. There's a pile of it so large that now I cannot get to all of it. So what I always suggest is like, yeah, you can give yourself a slap on the hand and say, you know what, next week I'm going to start earlier and do it more frequently. But at this particular moment, I'm standing there in a mile high pile of laundry. The thing I always tell them is pick through the laundry and do one kind of thing. Yeah. Even if you can get one load done. Yeah, it doesn't complete the entire task, but it's something. It's but instead, I think people look at, they look at the complete disaster and they're like, I'm not even going to start because I'm not going to be able to do it. Yeah. And that's what I'm telling you about like certain tasks and things that people generally have to do for themselves. I think you got 10 things on your list, which is way too much. I always say that's way too much for anybody. You have 10 things on your list. Even if you put a dent in two, you start it. What if they do legit have 10 things that they need to do? <laughs> it, be doing it, all. it shouldn't all be on one list because you, it won't get done. Because see, that's the mentality that we're brought up with is that you've got all this stuff to do and it's not going to get done. Well, I got news for you. The more stuff that's on your list, that's less that's going to get done. Mm. Especially if you know yourself. Now I know there's exceptions to the rule. Like for me, 
if I have a list in front of me and I have two days to do it, I look at it as a contest. I look at it as, a, as if I'm getting some amazing prize by finishing all of these things and I do finish it. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't think most people are programmed that way. Think about it. When you make a list of 10 things, how much of those things are you really getting done? You're not going to get all 10. No, you're not. And that's why I always tell everybody three to five things. And then the three to five things become specific times of the day. That's the thing. Like if you're going to make a list, it needs to be a list of things that you can guarantee can be done in that day. So if it's, if it's three, three items that you know you can do in this day, put it on that list. If you have other stuff, mm-hmm. it's the next day. Right. But I also don't like lists. I think lists are like the first, they're the first step. Like when we're talking about lists. When I say list for myself, mm-hmm. I don't use lists. Yeah. I make a list and then every one of those tasks get designated to a certain time especially if it's something I don't want to do. Like if I know I have to address something, like I have like a report or an email to take care of for work. And I know it's something I don't want to do, but it's got to be done by Friday. Anybody who knows me, I'm not waiting until Thursday night. Yeah. I'm doing it and I'm going to literally put it on my schedule two days before it's due. And I'm literally going to be like, where do I have time? Oh, from one to two on Wednesday. And that's it. And it's on my schedule. What's the next thing on my list? Oh, that I'm going to do on Thursday. Yeah. Because I think people have to designate times because there's no accountability in a list. When you make a list, there's no accountability. No. If there's no due date, got to go pick up your sister at the airport. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's something you know you have to go do. Yeah. Because there's a certain time limit. But if it says, hey, um, I don't know, dust the living room. You might look at the living room and go, eh, can be done next week. Yeah, that's, it's too amb- ambiguous. Right. There's nothing. So I think there has to be accountability, but going back to my original point, like we totally don't do things for ourselves that we should be doing. Those no. things that we talk about, not just the things we have to do, the things we want to do. Yeah. You know, and there's definitely like, there's definitely something like I've, I've talked about this before. Executive functioning definitely can be seen. Executive dysfunction can be seen in people who don't do the things they want to do. Yeah. You know, like here's this box, here's this box of whatever that you wanted. Right. And I gave it to you. Whatever it is inside is up to you and your imagination, but it's the thing you wanted. Mm-hmm. And I got it and gave it to you. And you couldn't wait to get these things in this box. Now this box is sitting there for two weeks with the tape on it and you haven't opened it yet. No. Yeah. There's some dysfunction in that. Yeah. You know, and we can talk about distraction. We can talk about whatever, but the way I believe is in our lives, in our world, when we look at successful people, whatever success means, whether you think it's financial success or people being famous or whatever, you think those people didn't have times where they had a million things going on at once and they were still able to focus on what they were doing. Yeah. Cause everyone's busy, but I think a lot of people like to make excuses and say, Oh, well, their life was a little easier because they had more money or their life was a little easier because they had this or that. That shouldn't be the reason why we don't do things for ourselves. Yeah. No, that's true. I mean, it's a lot. Um, but I think that what we do is we make we say those things because it makes us feel a little bit better about us procrastinating. <laughs> it does. It makes us go, well, yeah, well, what would you expect? I mean, that person lost all that weight because they have a trainer and a chef. Yeah, it's a it, it's an excuse now. So since I don't have a trainer or a chef, that means. I can be as fat and unhappy as I want to be. Damn. Mm. Yikes. Is that not the truth? That's the name of my new book, Fat and Unhappy. Fat and Unhappy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, 
But no, but then, you know, you got people who are listening who will probably say, because you know, I'm always catching y'all listening because you're listening and you're going, yeah, but what if they do have a trainer and have a lot of money and have a chef? Okay, that's one situation. But are you going to seriously say that everybody in the world who ever has overcome health obstacles has always had a trainer and has had money? It's motivation, determination, and just the will to want to change. Yep. And, I and- remember this. I remember this guy who used to work at the mall years and years and years ago. And he was, he used to work in the mall and I used to see him every once in a while because the place he worked, I used to be interested in the stuff they sold. And I used to walk by and we used to run into each other because we both worked at the mall and I would, you know, say hi to him, whatever. And he was literally like, I want to say like central casting, looking for the really overweight, like he, he, there's no other way for me to put this. Do you remember the cartoon Fat Albert? Yes. He looked like Fat Albert. Yeah. But but he was like the Latino version of Fat Albert. Okay. <laughs> okay. So he was like, you know, uh, uh, Tito Gordo. Okay. <laughs> so that would be his cartoon name. He'd be Tito Gordo. So, he, so, you know, I moved on with my life. He moved on with his life. And, you know, the madness of social media is this. You don't know people, you lose touch with people. You don't see people again, right? Mm -hmm. Because you're not friends with them. You're just casual. Yeah. And I remember one time when I was still on Facebook, I was scrolling through and there were people that were friends with him. And I remember going to his page and seeing his name and being like, huh, Huh. what's his name? That's his name. That's Tito. And, and I'm looking at the, yeah, for the sake of conversation, let's say it's Tito. I'm like, I'm like, that's Tito. And I'm looking and I'm going, wait a minute. Holy shit. Like, you want to talk about the guy transformation? Like, seriously, looks like those people you see on Instagram that are all ripped. Really? Yeah. Like, whole different person. Mm. Completely different and when you look at that, you're like, that guy was like, I remember the few conversations having with him, struggling with money, yeah. work hard to pay his bills, like, you know, trying to pay his rent, all that stuff, not living in a great place in Jersey, you know, and some people could be like, oh, you know, right away. Oh, it's steroids. Oh, you do that. No, I <laughs> doubt it. Always, yeah, why are there, they always go to the, the extreme end of how a transformation happens. Always. Always. Like, why do they assume that a guy is using steroids if all of a sudden he's... I have a friend who listens to the show. Do you? And she had a similar situation where she transformed herself Mm -hmm. within like a year. Okay? She exercised, died, they did the whole, like, normal thing Mm -hmm. ate less worked out more and started losing weight right yeah well through a friend of hers this woman had asked my friend my friend's friend Mm -hmm. oh what kind of what kind of work has she had done what kind of work has she had done like what kind of there's no way she had to have surgery and like she's my friend i know she didn't have surgery yeah yeah and if she did, I wouldn't tell anybody, but I can tell you this. She didn't have surgery. Yeah. Okay. I wouldn't even be talking about this if she really did have surgery. Mm-hmm. Okay. But you look at it. It's like you said, oh, steroids. Oh, it's like, put down your chocolate donut, right? And stop talking about people. People just, they don't understand that it takes work to achieve something. It's either you, you commit to making those changes and working hard towards them mm-hmm. or you do the steroids or you do the surgery mm-hmm. those are because those are immediate yeah 
they, yeah. they don't believe that you can that someone will is going to be committed enough to make those cha positive changes well, well it's like what you and i laugh about all the time on social media and the comments that people leave on celebrities and stuff like that like my whole thing is this you can talk bad all you want about famous people. You can make fun of them. You can say they're not this, they're not that, they're not. But the fact is they're doing it. Yeah. They're doing it. They're there. They're out there and they're doing it. They're yeah. achieving the dream. And it wasn't easy. And you know what a lot of these celebrities don't say because they don't want to sound like assholes. I made it. You didn't. Mm -hmm. That's why you're pissed. Yeah. And you know what? You can make it too if you didn't spend so much time leaving comments on my photo. Because in this world, I believe there's people not spending time leaving harsh comments on celebrity posts. They're out there actually practicing, writing, yeah. running, trying to save up money, whatever it is that their dream requires, they're doing it. Yeah. Exactly. You know, like when we look at people's, like I remember one time, this is early social media. I remember someone in our inner circle, like a friend of a friend had bought a house and they had posted photos of it. And the story was actually, that's not fair. They weren't an inner circle. They were a friend of a friend. So I really didn't know them that well, but I had met them a few times. Hmm. Now they had left, they had put some photos on, you know, early Facebook, like post MySpace, early Facebook. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Put a bunch of photos up of their house. Okay. Because social media was like, even back then, people started to realize, wow, this is going to be a great way to create brag books mm. of things that I want to. Yeah. So this person had posted this house, right? House wasn't huge, right? Who cares? Yeah. It was a dream of theirs to buy a house. They bought a house. So they put some pictures of them and their family and like, oh, you know, thank God it finally happened. Do you know the amount of people that I spoke to that knew this person and were like, oh, she's posting all those photos. Her house isn't even great. And this person lives in like, a, you know, a one bedroom studio. No, people can't strum up the ability to just be happy for someone. You can't because you know what? I think that when we've, when, when this is what we think there's like a human thing like humans are flawed i always say like we need to oh, just fuck yes we just need to like start the human race all over again and reprogram <laughs> we need yeah. to just unplug the computer wait 15 seconds and plug it back in reboot <laughs> yeah, go back to factory settings factory one <laughs> honestly because and factory settings are even flawed like we need to just create whole new way of thinking because i think what we do is we go if i praise this person somehow it's then going to be an an inner dialogue why can't i do it they did it why can't i do it why can't i work as hard as they did why can't i do what they're doing instead i think what cancels out all that inner dialogue is people going well, you know how they did it. They have things that I don't have and that's why they can do it. It's pessimism. And I don't of know where course. that comes from. Yeah. It comes from insecurity. Yeah. There's a guy who, from a dad from the school, and I told you he works in the entertainment industry. Mm -hmm. One of my dreams, okay. I'd be happy to win an Oscar. Don't get me wrong. But I've always wanted to win like an Emmy for like writing or for television, because as a kid, I watched television 1000% more than I watched movies. Yeah. Like I was, a, that's, that's who I was. Mm -hmm. He posted maybe about a, three or four weeks ago, he posted a picture of him holding an Emmy because he works in the industry and they had just delivered it because he had won this Emmy and it finally came to his house. Nice. nice. And I was so proud of him, yeah. like genuinely, because what I immediately started thinking was, this is possible. It is. And when I saw that, I was like, this is possible. 
It's not just the immortals out there who can win something yes, like this. This is a this is a cool dude that I know, and yeah. I not only sent an like a congratulatory message to him that everyone could see, but I also sent him a private message. Yeah, and just told him I said, you know, I'm proud of you. Like I know when sometimes we talk, you make fun of your job and say how stupid people are and all this stuff, but I mean. I was in awe and like, you know how much room that would give someone to be so envious, mm. like someone who that's why I set it up. Cause I am the type of person. That's what I want. Yeah. That's what I want. I, when I see people on social media and they've got abs and they're all like, mm-hmm, it's like, yeah, <laughs> listen, if all of a sudden we turn the world around and they were like, the people who eat the most pizza are the ones who have the best bodies. Mm. I would be in that running. Right. right? But the reality is, is I don't look at pictures of people like that and go, Oh my God, I love their car. Oh my God. Look at how thin that person is. I don't do that. The, The crap that gets me is when people get those type of accolades from their hard work. Because Mm -hmm. as a kid, those are the things I always wanted. I didn't give a shit about becoming a doctor or getting a master's degree and some fucking hoity-toity whatever. Yeah. Because I was literally like, that's what I want. Yeah. I want to win one of those. I want to be able to have one of those in my office on a shelf. Exactly. And be like, you guys want to come touch it? Come over. Touch it. Right. (laughs) But I'm saying like, I'm not saying I'm doing anything that is like, superior to anybody else yeah i just here's my way of natural thinking i see his picture and there was not an ounce of envy or jealousy and i was like it is possible absolutely it is the possibility got me banging on the table that's how serious this is did you really yeah i'm banging on the table damn you know that's serious listen you got me out of breath and passionate. <laughs> you got to manifest that shit. I am manifesting every day. Yes. I am rubbing books. I got the candles going. I'm, the crystals are close by. I got woo-woo. I got juju. <laughs> you got mojo. Yes. Yes. I got Lady Smith, Black Moon Vatsa. Yep. I got them all. Oh I got Mama Say, Mama Sa, Mama Makusa. <laughs> everything yes i got i got desmond tutu i got them all are your chakras aligned listen i got everything aligned okay i got my shaka khan my shakira i got everything damn manifest that shit listen i keep saying something good's gonna happen something good's gonna happen man it hasn't hasn't happened the way i wanted it to in the speed in which i wanted it to but that shit ain't gonna stop me no, exactly. You know, because I do like, think I do like think, we were talking about with regards to disappointment. Yeah. Don't think about, you know, how long it's going to take or what the process is. Just focus on your goal. And, and here's the thing. And this hit me probably when I was in my 30s. I had a, I had a goal. And my goal was. I wanted to really start working in the entertainment industry, like nonstop Mm. in my twenties and thirties. Like I wanted that to be my primary source of income. Mm -hmm. Didn't happen that way. Mm -hmm. In the process, did I get other work? Did I end up doing a lot of other things that I ended up making money doing? Yeah, sure. Of course. And I almost, there was this moment where I was thinking in my thirties, it was like an awakening. I said, I don't think you get everything exactly the way you want it. I think you get it, but it may not be the way you thought it would come. And I thought to myself, I did this scenario because I play with my brain sometimes. What if I got it when I was 25 Mm. and I had done movies, I won an award, I'd done this, I did that. My friends are like, oh, that's my famous friend, blah, blah, blah. That whole cliche. Yeah. And then say in five years, which may not be a long time, but could feel like a long time, Mm -hmm. right? 
let's say by the time I'm 30, I make a couple of movies, don't hit big. Yeah. I start to fizzle. Then it's harder and harder for me to get work. Mm. Now I'm in my 30s. Maybe it's even tougher because now they don't see me as a 20-year-old anymore. So I really thought about that. I said, what would that do to me? And I was like, that probably would be really hard mm. to have all that yeah. and not have it. Because when we think about, I think most of us, when we think about hitting big, we think about a level of sustaining it. Mm. You know, like you're yeah. going to have bobs and weaves, but for the most part, you're going to have a career for the rest of your life. But that's yeah. not always the case. Yeah. I mean, think about how many people we grew up with that were in movies that you don't even see anymore. Yeah, that's true. But like, so yeah, I, what 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 made them different from the others who started young but had yeah. that sustainability? Yeah. yeah. So I thought to myself, what if it did? That would be really hard. So I think that, I don't know, maybe the way it's going to work out not even maybe the way it's going to work out is going to be better than I even perceived. Mm -hmm. That's what I think about. And exactly. also, you know, I don't think age has anything to do with it. I used to, you know, no, I, it doesn't have anything to do with it. And that's something we got to get out of our way of thinking. You know, we worry so much about not having xyz at a specific age you know because we're seeing everyone else our age achieving or hitting their these goals you, you you've got to just stay in your lane and just focus and that's it yeah and that goes back to what i was saying before when you don't get those things what do you say oh well they did it because they're younger than me oh they did it because they're a man yeah they did it because they're yes Obviously, there are certain elements of the formula. Mm -hmm. Like, I know I can speak to this from photography because I've had enough friends who've been in the photography world who are female and who have told me many, many times before that when you're a woman walking in for a job and you might be interviewing for the same job as a bunch of other people, they typically will choose a man because the industry has always been saturated with more male photographers. So sometimes it is a challenge. Does that mean that's a reason for you to stop doing what you're doing? No, no. Listen, I might, I might not know all of the gear and the tech that goes along with it. Like I'm not a gearhead. I know mm -hmm. how to use my camera. I know how to use lighting, mm -hmm. my equipment, and I know how to, I know the, the quote unquote rules of photography, mm -hmm. um, but it's, I, I think people in general gravitate towards, at least in this industry, mm -hmm. uh, toward, like you said, towards m men because they, they live and breathe the tech, the tech. Mm -hmm. and it, that's perceived as more knowledgeable. They're, but men are simple creatures. <laughs> They are simple creatures. You know, I, I think it's when it comes to photography, I think what you what you create, that's what speaks right. to me. Right. I, I don't care how you achieved it. You know? Yeah. There, there are people who achieve amazing photographs and they're using shitty ass equipment. Yeah. Because it's their eye. You know, it's something well, that, once again, that, that idea that you just brought up that goes along with what we've been saying this whole time is that, mm -hmm. you know, we get so wrapped up in all of the things that are going to get you there. Yeah, because it's a distraction. It's mm -hmm. like, oh, I can't do this because I need the X, Y, Z. Oh, why aren't you using the X, Y, X? Oh, that's last year's. I can't be shooting with that. Like, and it's ridiculous because it's like by any means necessary, create what you have to create yeah. get to the point it's not just for photography it's for everything like you know i think what we do is we sit back and we look at things and we go oh i can't do that because i don't have this yet yeah. like i i think i've said this to you before like we're on the topic of you know photography and art and a lot of my clients over the years have been like young filmmakers 
Mm -hmm. Um, They've all legitimately been people who are born after 1990s, legitimate, Mm -hmm. okay? And they'll sit there and say to me, um, I'll say, what kind of portfolio do you have? Because you're a filmmaker. Oh, well, I don't really have anything. My portfolio, I haven't had a lot of work, blah, blah, blah. And I said, bullocks, complete bullocks. Because Mm -hmm. I said, in the 90s, I legitimately knew filmmakers who had portfolios who were not hired professionally because they went, rented equipment, shot short films or shot ideas that they had just so that they can include something on a reel Mm. that they could share. Nowadays, when you walk in to any kind of film arena and someone's hiring you, they're going to ask you, do you have a reel? Well, I'm just starting out. The first thing they'll say to you is, you have technology at your fingertips. Yeah. You can shoot a movie on your iPhone and you can edit it on your computer. Yeah. Why don't you have even five two-minute films? Yeah. Why don't you have a short music video? If you're not doing dialogue, you should have something. Exactly. And the thing is, is they sit there and they go, oh, well, I don't have this. And it's like, no, it's because you just don't want to do it. Mm. the driven ones do it true and it's about keeping our ears open too you know we always say this like people give you advice yeah try it your way's not working try their way that's that is very true absolutely and that's something that i'm making sure that i keep myself open to Mm -hmm. you know i'm not a i'm not 100% 100% stubborn, but there are times where I, you know, I, I have a way of doing it. You're 94% stubborn. No, I'm not that stubborn. You're not I, as stubborn as you used to be. You used yeah. to be more stubborn, but you're still, you're still a little stuck in your ways. I, yeah, I, I won't, you know, disagree, um, but it's. Such an asshole. Why? I don't know. I just felt like saying that. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty, I'm an asshole. Um, but it, it just, what's that Einstein quote where it's like the definition of insanity is it doing the same thing over and over again, except expecting a different result. Yeah. I think it's, it's not, Einstein, but maybe not. Whatever. I don't know if it's not Einstein, but I know the quote. Yeah. I think it is, but I'm not sure. Anyway, but it's it like, could it, been, it could have been Kelly Clarkson. It could have been, uh, <laughs> but it's so true. It's like, why are you still doing the same thing? Mm-hmm. over and over again and it's not getting you what you want because it's a distraction like i think we look at people and we go oh they're not self-aware mm. not self-aware on one hand but on another hand it's like seriously i think the only way you can break these patterns is by acknowledging the patterns yeah. Like seriously sitting down and going, what does my day look like? This is why every single client that ever works with me, the first thing they have to do is create a calendar. Mm-hmm. And the reason why is because I want them to create an entire week and I want them to be able to tell me how they're spending their day. Yeah. What does your day look like? Yeah. Because I think what happens is they fall into patterns. It's like my favorite thing is when people say, I want to do this, but I don't have time. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay. That's the moment where I say, let me look at your week because you're in a pattern. You're in a rut right now. You have plenty of time. Yeah. Look look at all these hours you got on Wednesday. Look at all these hours you have on Friday. Like, why are you not doing the things you need to do for yourself? Yeah. And then there's that question. And I think it's just, like you said, doing the same thing over and over, expecting a different result. Yep. And you know, we all do it. That's why I say I, my one thing, and you all listening to the show, probably tired of me saying this. I'm tired of it, but I'm going to say it. (laughs) I'm I'm calling you all to task this year. Cause when we did towards the end of last year, when we were recording, I remember saying a couple of times the new year, what I want to do is not just make this a two-dimensional show that people listen to and go, wow, that Coco really got problems. Wow, that friend really has problems. I want you to think about how these things relate to yourself. Yeah. If you're listening, 
I mean, you've got to do something different, especially if you're sitting around wondering why things aren't working out for you. Chances are you're the reason. Yeah. You're the I re- agree. You know, I, like, you I, know, I hope, I hope that's what people take from, from these episodes now. I hope they where take they, Where they take the time to do some self-reflection, introspection. What's going on? something and if you guys do not want me to turn into the, the episodes at the end where you have like Fran's corner where I give you a homework assignment you're not going to want that some people might they might they secretly might. want that listen if you want that you know how to dm me because it's accountability yeah accountability's listen this is why I do the work I do because people want accountability mm-hmm. they want me to you know and, and I can tell you right now, when people come to a life coach or a trainer or, or a therapist, I think what they expect is they expect that it's going to be just like someone coming to do your lawn or someone coming to clean your house mm-hmm. where you pay for a service, you can go take a nap. And when you wake up, your front lawn looks beautiful. Yeah. That's not the way this works. No. This is like... An hour with me is important, but then what you do for the rest of the week, you got to do the work. Yep. And some people admittingly don't want to do the work. Like in their heads, they're like, oh no, I'm not doing that. Okay. Well then be miserable. Yeah. Time is a ticking. Exactly. You're not here forever. Do you want to leave this way? I mean, it's the same thing you and I have always talked about, like about like our bodies and our Mm self-worth. I've always said to you, if your body would never change and you'd be exactly the way you are right now for the rest of your life, could you be happy with it? And you should be able to say, yeah, I will be. Mm. I'll figure out how to be happy that way, Mm. whatever it is. It's the same thing with what's happening in your life right now. Would you be happy with the way it is for the rest of your life? If not change it. Yeah. That's the thing. Because there's gotta be things that you can do differently. And if you don't know, contact me. I'll tell you. Slide into his DMs, folks. Listen. He'll help. I will. I'll give you, I'll give you a quick reading. <laughs> I'll even wear the turban for free. Oh, shit. Yep. <laughs> uh, what was it? Madame Aurora? Yeah. Madame Aurora, man. She, she's she coming back? <sighs> she's a blast from the past. <laughs> I mean, you know, honestly, if I could split myself into like four different people, one of my lives seriously right now would be opening up a psychic booth on the Jersey Shore boardwalk. On the boardwalk, yeah. Yep. I would love to do that and just have people come in and it would be like spiritual advisor, but I would never call myself a psychic. Yeah. I would never call myself an intuitive. I'd be a spiritual advisor. You come in, I will advise you spiritually. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I will. You'll come in and I'll be like, I'll have the incense go in. You know, I'll have the vibrating table. <laughs> you know, I'll have the pictures of everybody, Muhammad and Jesus, because you know, you got to bring them all in. You got to. They got to be there. Exactly. I mean, who, who, what are you pointing at? phone is ringing i don't hear it okay good I, you really faintly and faintly, okay. faintly faintly you're i hear a little ringing in the back but i thought that was a studio button that you just hit no it's not that's okay sound effects it's fine <laughs> it's all this good. naturally happens on every podcast i listen to um there's one podcast i listened to and i was one of my favorite moments was she's talking and they're two friends and they're doing their podcast and all of a sudden she's like talking talking talking, and she's like what does he want and the other person goes what's going on she's like okay my husband knows when i record you do not come to the door and he's coming to the door this better be serious and it's like she is was the house on fire (laughs) it was like and he and she literally like went to go see and came back and was mad as a hornet because it was some stupid shit and she was 
That is a hornet. But the fact is, they didn't edit it out of the show. It was there. I love it. I like that. I mean, how many times we've been working? I mean, I know there's a past episode where like Lou came in to ask me something and she's like, oh my God, you're recording. And I'm like, eh. Yeah, exactly. How many times has Chris coughed (laughs) in the background? Oh, Chris. Oh, Chris. The fan mails come in about Chris. (laughs) We should should just create his own spinoff show that we produce. He needs to be on the show again. Maybe all three of us. How crazy would that be he ain't ready for this jelly yeah he is he knows he knows he knows he knows the deal because i'd be like if you're on the show you have to do the entire show in french oh shit (laughs) and we will pretend well i'll at least pretend (laughs) what was the guy's name again i couldn't stop laughing when you said the guy that worked with him what was his name gerard (laughs) So pretentious. That's how you say it in en français. Say it again. Gerard. <laughs> Stop it. It's like me being like, you know, when you watch like um, Spanglish TV. Yeah. People are always like, well, today in Buenos Aires. <laughs> yeah. It's like the Italians. It's like, imagine me just being like, so... Um, how are you, Colleen? Yes. Well, this weekend I'm going Sanremo, and <laughs> but it's so true. I remember uh, this is an opposite, the opposite scenario. I was with the our our past friends from our right. youth, and I don't know if we were. <laughs> I don't know if we were in their car or something, but there was some radio station. It must have been their car. Uh, AM station that happened to do news from where they were or news from, you know, it was a, 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 an American station, but it was in their language. I have questions. Go on. Oh, fuck. It was in their language, but then all of a sudden it, it you know, you, you hear the guy talking and then all of a sudden it says social security. Like it's in English all of a sudden. <laughs> <laughs> Always done. Like, how quickly people can lapse from one language to another and it it sounds so different like you said you know someone is speaking english and all of a sudden they say something in spanish or japanese and it's like it's got spice to it you know (laughs) it's like it's like me being like hi everyone thank you for listening to our show i am francesco and today You know, it's it's hilarious. And what I wanted to ask you, uh oh, this radio station was being broadcast from where they're from. No, 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 no. It was a local radio station. Oh, they were just, you know, it was in their language, and right. it was just okay. talking about news from gotcha. the country. Gotcha. Because when you said a radio station from their country, I was no, like, no, no. do they have radio waves? <laughs> you are so bad. I didn't think they had electricity over there. Oh my God. <laughs> You're but like, yeah. hold on, somebody's hitting two rocks together. Let's hurry oh, up the radio. So funny. But yeah, that was that that was always funny to listen to, but yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I also love. And I remember, you know, obviously when we were more prone to listening to the radio, the actual radio, I remember being in a cab in the city once, and I will never forget this. I got PTSD from it. Oh, had a radio station on and it was the guy who was driving the cab was, you know, from a Spanish speaking country and he had the radio on it. It was a, a Spanish radio station and they had a guest on. Okay. And the guest was clearly some like white lady who probably, you know, was using all the high school Spanish she knew. <laughs> on the show. So she was just like, uh, si, gracias. Um, yo, Caro, uh, um, uh, uh, venires in el Estados Unidos um, contigo. Um, siempre, 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 siempre in Estados Unidos, 
And that it, that was her the whole time. <laughs> the guy that was interviewing her. He should have got an award for keeping a straight face because Seriously. the man did not break and his Spanish was on point. Nice. Right. He got the rolls and the and the and and the you know the tongue rolls and the and he was rocking and rolling. You could tell Spanish was he clearly probably spoke English too, but his Spanish was like on point. Yeah. And then this buffoon comes out. <laughs> she was a buffoon. A buffoon. <laughs> you don't hear that word very often. Well, you heard it with her. She was a buffoon because <laughs> I would have been like, all it would have taken me as a producer is for her to be like, uh, uh, Estados Unidos. I would have been like, we're going to get a translator. Or just please speak in English. <laughs> I'd be like, is she the only one we can get on? <laughs> She was like, she was doing something with government or something. She wasn't necessarily famous. She had written a book. Okay. But, you know, she was, she was grabbing and baiting. She was trying to get Latino votes, you know? Damn. Yeah. But once she did that, people ain't voting for her. No, exactly. (laughs) Yo, Caro. um, Yo, Caro. Taco Bell. Yeah. I mean, I, I swear, like, if you if I gave you what she was saying on a piece of paper mm. and it was just reading it. Yeah. Like how she saw it. She, that's what it sounded like. It's as if she never heard someone speak Spanish because even if someone doesn't speak the language very well, mm-hmm. when they attempt to speak it, some people would try to put that flair on like the rolling up, Clearly she didn't. No, no. And also a lot of things you learn about learning languages, Mm. like they say that there's different brains that are very good at learning languages, but the one key to learning languages is is two things. Number one, listening, Mm. because you have to be able to listen. You're not listening. You're not going to pick up on how the word is pronounced. Yes. And number two, retaining the information. Yeah. Because through practice, yeah, and it is about practice. Because I've said to you a million times, like, yes, technically, you could say I'm fluent in Italian, but it takes me a minute to remember things. Like, and if I'm sitting next to Italian people talking, I every single word I know what they're saying, Mm. every I don't miss a beat, I know exactly what they're saying. But if I have to respond, it takes me a minute to remember certain words it's just like it's just like in the english language we don't know every word in the english language yeah exactly you know somebody could say a word and you're like what does that mean yeah so listen i i thank you for doing this show with me because i'm in (laughs) los estados unidos and you've got some weather phenomenon happening you're like you're you're trapped in the house aren't you with your two inches of snow Listen, I'm gonna leave that one alone. You will, you opened up that can of worms, telling people my business. Your business. <laughs> you know when those guys are like, "Yeah, I got a ten inches of snow." Most times, guys who tell you that, <laughs> it ain't ten inches. No, ten centimeters, maybe. Maybe, maybe I'm at the bottom of the ruler. It. <laughs> yeah so hey listen this is where i'm going to leave you all i feel like in the beginning of the show we started talking about doing things for other people versus what you do for yourself i think we need to stop every once in a while when someone either they're asking you or like you said not asking you but you feel like you need to help them ask yourself what is it that you did for yourself mm. What is something that you've done for yourself? And I think it needs to be a trade-off. I mean, especially if you're one of those, you know, um, what do they call them? One of those people who always says yes. Um, People pleasers. pleasers. Um, If you're a people pleaser, if you don't know you're a people pleaser, look it up. But if you're a people pleaser, then you need to do a trade-off. For everything you do for someone else, you have to do something for yourself. And guess what? You need to start saying no. If you don't have time for yourself, stop. Yeah, exactly. 
But we also fall into the trap. We do it with our kids. We do it with our family. And that's an excuse. We're always like, oh, I have to because it's my, no. Because mm. then you start enabling, especially with kids. I'm speaking from the perspective of being a parent. I'm not going to do everything for you. And guess what? If you got what you wanted yesterday, you're not also going to get it today. Yeah. I that's agree. It. That's it. You know, it's like Albert Einstein once said. <laughs> Italian people don't have housekeepers. We have children. Amen. And we still, I just got a, a note from our producer. They're not sure if it's Albert Einstein or Kelly Clarkson that said that. It's Albert Einstein. I know it. I know it. Okay. God. Gonna... Loosen your bra. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. Uh... <sighs> Calm down, lady. Did you just get out of prison? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> all right. On that note, thank you all for listening to, what is our show called? I forgot. Coco, say it. How are you feeling with Coco and Fran? Nice. Have a good day. Bye.